our battle isn't fleshly. Our battle is spiritual. And we have to remember that. If we don't remember that, we're gonna probably quit. My kingdom is not of this world. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, welcome back to In Grace. We are so excited about our study of the life of Jesus Christ. And it is amazing, all the things that he said and did. And it's wonderful to be able to go through this chronologically, looking at all four gospel accounts and trying to piece all of it together and also answer the critics' questions. A lot of people say the Bible's full of errors, the gospels you know, are, are conflicting each other in their accounts. And we've looked at every so-called contradiction and resolved it rather easily just by looking at perspective. And so today we're going to continue talking about his shameful conviction, where Pontius Pilate three times declared him not guilty, but still convicted him to death by crucifixion. This was foreordained, not that God was making Pilate do that. This was Pilate's own choice. Pilate made the worst decision in history, but uh, he's going to be asking those that brought Jesus to him, what are the charges? And they had a lot of trouble with the charges because they they couldn't even bring the witnesses that would agree on each other. They were making things up and, and they were distorting things that Jesus said, but still they forced the issue. And, and some people say, well, the Jews are responsible for the death of Christ, and they've been called uh, Christ killers for millennia. Others say, well, no, it was the Romans. Well, I'll just flip all of, all of that argument on its head and say, I was responsible for the death of Jesus. Why? Because he died for my sins. You're responsible for the death of Jesus. He died willingly a sacrifice for your sins. So it wasn't the Romans or the Jews or the Gentiles. It was it was me. It was you. It was all of us. And, and we're going to study through this and look at the way that Jesus responded. In our opening quote, we talked about Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this world. And we have to remember that. As Christians, we have to remember that every day. I am serving Jesus Christ for a future kingdom. And uh, think about that. No matter how bad it gets today, it's going to be much better in the future. Before we get into the message, let me remind you that In Grace has some really exciting travel opportunities. I'm really looking forward to going with some of you to Alaska. It'll be this summer in July. Uh, you don't have to worry about the vaccine or testing or anything. All of that's done. And uh, we are going on Holland America. We'll have Bruce Malone speaking on creation. Majesty Music will be coming along. And we'll have wonderful services in the evening on the ship. So if you want more information on our Alaska creation cruise, go to our website, In graceradio.com, click on travel, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. Now, what were the charges? Pilate says, what are the charges? Well, Luke 23, verse 2 says that there were three official charges from the Jewish leaders to Rome. He led the nation astray, they said. He opposed paying tribute to Caesar. And he didn't, by the way. And he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah and King, and he did claim that. But of course, that's not a, a capital offense. So those are the charges. They uh, were beating around the bush. They weren't bringing that right to Pilate at first, but then eventually they did. So what happened? Well, let's go back and look at John's account, John 18, 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus. 
and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Isn't that interesting? Because it's almost like during all of this, people are speaking prophetically. Pilate's basically declaring him the king of the Jews. Of course, Jesus is, but this isn't his moment to declare his kingship. This is his moment to declare his servanthood and to to declare that he's ready to die for the sins of the people. So Jesus has a very unique way of answering. You don't always have to answer the charge. You can ask a question to the questioner. And Jesus was very good at that. Pilate, in verse 35, answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? He's like, tell me, what, what, what did you do? What, why are you here? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. But you have to remember that. If there's one thing you can take home with you today, remember that Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. There's going to be a lot of things happening in this world that we're very upset about, we're very against. There's a lot of people that are making things worse by creating these conspiracies and all of these different things that aren't even true. Our battle isn't fleshly. Our battle is spiritual. And we have to remember that. If, it, if we don't remember that, we're going to be so discouraged, we're going to probably quit. Remember what Jesus told Pilate here. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. So far, other than Peter making the mistake of drawing his sword, going for the head of the high priest's servant and getting his ear, Jesus healing that, no one's been fighting. Jesus didn't resist. But if his kingdom was of this world, Pilate would not have a chance that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Now, I'm sure Pilate had no clue what Jesus was talking about at all. He had no spiritual discernment whatsoever. Pilate, verse 37 of John 18, continues, therefore said unto him, art thou a king then? So Jesus had just been talking about a kingdom and all of that. Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am a king. <laughs> Again, he's Throwing things right back at Pilate. Pilate does not know what to do with this. Jesus continues, To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world. Why was he born? What was the cause? He came into this world not to set up a kingdom at first. He came into this world to die for our sins. He came for this very moment, for this very time. It was all coming together at a very pinpointed time in history and also a very pinpointed way that he would die. All of this, all of this was the reason he was born and the cause that he came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So tonight, if you are of the truth, then you are glad to hear what Jesus is saying. If you're not of the truth, then you're not glad to hear what Jesus was saying. And Pilate certainly was not glad to hear what Jesus was saying. So in Luke 23, we're going to jump over to Luke's account of the trial. In verse 4, Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. 
This is a declaration by the governor of Palestine for Rome. He's the one basically in charge. I mean, you have the, the, the Herod, the king. At this point, there were four Herods, the sons of Herod, Herod the Great, that were now ruling the four portions of, of Israel. But really, Pilate's the guy. And he says, I find no fault in this man. And they, verse 5, were the more fierce, saying, he stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. Where were they? They were in Jerusalem. So pretty much the whole length of Israel. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. Oh, Pilate, he had been looking for a loophole. He had been looking for an out. And he may have found an out. As soon as he knew that he, Jesus, belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at this time. Now, he was very glad. Okay, finally, I don't have to make this decision. I'm going to send him to Herod. By the way, they hated each other. They hated each other. But the scripture is going to tell us in a minute that suddenly they were friends. Because the enemy of your enemy is your friend? Okay. So now all of a sudden they're friends because they, they're both in a bind here with Jesus and, and certainly don't, they don't believe he's the Messiah, for sure. And so Pilate thinks he's found his loophole. He's going to pass this mess off to Herod. Now what Herod are we talking about? Remember there was Herod the Great. Herod is a dynasty, okay? They were from, from the Edomites. They, they had married into Jewish lineage, but they weren't Jews. They were from Esau. That's where the Herods came from. But, but he was able to take the puppet authority, the puppet title of Rome as the king of that area, Herod the Great. He did great things as far as buildings, but he was a very wicked man. He's the one that tried to kill Jesus in Bethlehem, right? Herod dies, and then the Herod's sons come to power, and the one that was in power of the Galilee was Herod Antipater, or his nickname was Antipas. So Herod Antipas, the tetrarch of the Galilee. Tetrarch is a quarter. So he was in charge of that quarter of Palestine, that quarter of Israel. And he was also the one, remember, who killed John the Baptist? It was Herod Antipas. So now Jesus is going to the one that killed his cousin, and Jesus actually had talked about Herod Antipas once, and he called him a fox. He didn't mean that he was a good-looking man. He, he, he was like the fox in the hen house. He's a, he's a conniver, he's wicked, and uh, that's not a very nice thing to say about the king of the region in which you're doing ministry. But neither John the Baptist nor Jesus cared much about pleasing people and influencing people. So Herod is in town. He just happens to be in town. Pilate finds his loophole. Send him to Herod. Let's see what Herod says. In Luke 23, verse 8, it says, And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him for a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracles done by him. Now, he wasn't glad like, Woohoo, I'm so excited. Here's Jesus. Not at all. He was curious. Remember, he had heard of Jesus and the miracles, and he thought John the Baptist had come back from the dead. That was Herod Antipas. So he was more like, you want to look at a car accident when you pass. You're the ones that have caused these big traffic delays. It's not the accident. It's you. It's the gawker. 
okay? Stop gawking. I know it's hard. You've waited all that time and you've just got to look. You've got to take your turn to look, right? You've got to do it. It's like somehow, something in human nature. But uh, don't just, just drive around and buy it. Everyone else will gawk. The traffic will still be bad, but at least you won't be responsible. So Pilate isn't like excited to meet Jesus. He's, he's a gawker. He, he wants to, he's curious about this, this man doing all of these things. Of course, Herod would uh, kill Jesus if he could, but here he has this opportunity to see him, to question him. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr., Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Verse 9, then he questioned with him in many words. Okay, so this is Herod. He's a big shot. He's the big guy. And Jesus answered him nothing. Now, Jesus sometimes answered the accusation, and it had to do with his messiahship, but he did not answer Herod here. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught and mocked him. So Jesus isn't answering. Herod quickly turns And allows his men, allows his soldiers to start abusing Jesus. Now, it's hard for us to imagine this, what this would have been like. And some of you have seen the passion of the Christ. And that's when you start to get an an understanding of the physical uh, abuse and torment that Jesus went through. And he had already been hit. He had already been uh, mocked earlier in Caiaphas's. Uh, charge, and now he's receiving it again in Herod's charge. And they mocked him, they arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and they set him again to Pilate. So now the can's been kicked again. This is not what Pilate was expecting. Pilate thought, my hands are finally clean of this Jesus, and but now Herod sends him back. Herod's like, hey, this is not my problem. We'll mock him. Will, will hurt him, but now he's back to Pilate. Now what's Pilate going to do? In verse 12, the same day, Pilate and Herod, this is great, were made friends together. For before they were at enmity between themselves. Isn't that awful? And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and rulers of the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examined him before you and found no fault in this man. 
touching those things whereof you accused him. He's declared him innocent again. Okay, now release Jesus. He's innocent. You've said it twice. Verse 15, no, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. Now let's turn over to Matthew, because Matthew has a a unique perspective on the, the story of the trial, the shameful conviction. In verse 12 of Matthew 27, we'll read this. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him, Never a word. Insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. It's hard to stay quiet. That's why a good interrogator is good. They say things that make you respond. And they're very good at it. Some of the best interrogators are those that are making sure that no one gets in or leaves Israel. That's a security risk. Some of the hardest things that I've been through are at the Tel Aviv airport when all you want to do is get on an airplane and go home. And they they have this team and they're really good at questioning. They don't even care what you answer. They're just watching how nervous you get when you answer. So if you go on one of our Israel trips, just relax, stay calm, smile, uh, our camera crew, they're getting really good at this because they've got all this gear and, you know, they, they look very suspicious already. You see my camera guys? But uh, the, the interrogator here isn't getting anything. None of them are getting anything out of Jesus. And that was enough to make Pilate marvel greatly. Verse 15 of Matthew 27. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner. Okay, so finally, this, this idea comes to Pilate's mind. Wait a second. There's a tradition here that I release a prisoner to to the Jews, so I'm going to make it a choice. And and they get to decide whom they would. In verse 16, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. We don't know much about Barabbas, but uh, he's notable. Like he's, he's a bad dude. Everybody knows he's a bad dude. They've got this prisoner called Barabbas, and Pilate suddenly decides, hey, I'm going to give them a choice. They're not going to pick uh, Jesus to be crucified. They're going to pick Barabbas for sure. They're going to release Jesus because Barabbas is such a, everybody knew his wickedness. I don't know what he did, but certainly it had been bad. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. By the way, the word Christ just means Messiah. It's the same exact thing. Messiah means anointed one, promised one. So who do you want to be? Who who would you like me to release? This, This wicked, wicked, wicked man, Barabbas or Jesus Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down in the judgment seat, his wife, guys, listen to your wife. You need to be the head of your wife, but remember she's the neck that turns the head. Ultimately, the husband is to make the decision, but it is a wise husband that listens to the counsel of his wife. Here, Pilate had a wife who counseled him and he did not listen, and I'm sure he regrets it to this day. His wife sent unto him, saying, have thou nothing to do with that just man? She's referring to Jesus. For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. I'm glad that other people have dreams. I have dreams all the time. She had a dream and she said the whole day she'd been troubled by this dream. Don't have anything to do with this just 
man. He'd already declared Jesus innocent three times, and she tells him, don't have anything to do with him. So what does Pilate do? But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Just terrible, terrible words. And when Pilate declared him guilty, he was concerned only about himself, about his job, and about what Rome would think of him. And he failed. And all through history, he's remembered as the man who three times declared Jesus innocent and yet crucified him anyway. One author said about Pilate, Pontius Pilate's brief appearance in scripture is full of tragedy. He ignored his conscience. He disregarded the good advice of his wife. He chose political expediency over public rectitude. And he failed to recognize the truth even when truth was standing right in front of him. When given an opportunity to evaluate the claims of Jesus, what will we decide? Will we accept his claim to be the king or will we follow the voice of the crowd? And you have that choice to accept or reject him. He is the Messiah. He is the promised one. How do I know that? Because he rose again. He was crucified exactly as predicted, exactly at the moment the Passover lambs were dying. He was taken off that tree before sunset, put into a rich man's tomb. He had been hanging between two thieves. We're going to cover that next time. But here, the trials are over. He has been convicted. He is going to be crucified. And he did that for you. He did that for me. And if you will trust in him, believe in him, he's alive. He will save you today from hell and start helping you live the life that you want to live, live the life that he wants you to live. It is true that God loves the world, that he gave his only son, that Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. That's the greatest news in the world. If you have never received Jesus Christ by faith, believe in him today and you'll be saved today. Trust in him. You say, how do I do that? Well, just say something like this. I'm a sinner, dear Lord. I can't save myself, but at this moment, I put my faith in Jesus completely. Now, it's not that prayer that saves you. It's your faith. You're trusting in Jesus, but by telling him that will help you express your faith. And uh, it's wonderful to know that you're saved. And if you have questions about that, we'd love to talk to you more. Call us 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website anytime, day or night, ingraceradio.com. And while you're on our website, check out our event that we're having with the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. He's going to be at our church speaking in a couple of weeks, and actually in a week and a half on March 12th. And if you're anywhere in the Midwest, I encourage you to come on in to hear him on March 12th, 11 o'clock at the Quinton Road Baptist Church. And again, you can go to the Ingrace website for more information, ingraceradio.com. There is a breakfast, a special VIP breakfast. If you'd like to attend that, there are tickets needed for that. But again, all that information is on our website. I'll be interviewing him. And even if you don't live in the area, you can still tune in to the live stream for that and listen for that in a future In Grace broadcast. Right before we go, 
don't forget, we have a brand new video series that will really help you understand the future temple. The Bible predicts there is a temple that's going to be rebuilt for the tribulation period and another one for the millennial period. And we express all of this in a brand new three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. We filmed it in Dallas, Texas at a ranch where the red heifers that went to Israel came from. We went to Israel and interviewed the rabbis. We actually touched wooden beams that may have come from the temple. We have so much information in this. It's so exciting. Bible prophecy is coming to life in front of our eyes. Let me send this to you as a thank you for your gift to In Grace of any amount. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.